welcome. Welcome to Diverse Conversations. This is Ashka Patel and thank you for joining me here today for our new episode where we're continuing on our journey exploring Canadian pharmacy innovation. Today, the guest I have the opportunity to share this conversation with is a dear friend, a mentor, a guide and a teacher who really impacted my professional career very early on during my education days. It's a great honor uh, to introduce you all to Dr. Nardine Nakhla. She does not require much introduction, but I will share her extensive and impeccable career history, which we all take inspiration from. Dr. Nakhla is an academic and clinical pharmacist specialized in minor ailments, non-prescription therapeutics, and patient self-care, with over 10 years of commitment to teaching, research, advocacy, and practice innovation on these topics. She received her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences and is licensed to practice pharmacy in Ontario and in New York. As a faculty member at the University of Waterloo School of Pharmacy, Dr. Nakla was recognized with the Excellence in Pharmacy Teaching Award in 2019 and received the Excellence in Science Teaching Award in 2020. In addition to her extensive academic work, Dr. Nakla is an owner of an independent pharmacy and practices as a community pharmacist with a focus on the provision of expanded scope of um, practice and minor illness services. It's no doubt that, uh, you know, somebody with that extensive an experience uh, will go on to become an innovator. And I am truly, truly amazed. And, you know, the, the conversation we'll be unpacking with her today is about the vision she has for pharmacy in the future. But also more importantly, as Ontario pharmacists embrace the new expanded scope of pharmacy uh, for practice, you know, where we are uh, providing minor ailment services, how does the tool that she has co-founded called MapFlow align with that work and what vision does she have with that tool moving forward? MapFlow is a powerful new digital health tool made by pharmacists for pharmacists to support their upcoming expand scope expansion. It successfully prepares pharmacists to make confident, evidence-based decisions while assessing patients for minor ailments and supports integration of this new service into practice while optimizing patient outcomes. This exciting tool captures unique analytics, promotes shared clinical decision-making, and aligns with provincial legislation. Most importantly, it enables pharmacists to provide patients with customized care. I'm really excited to learn more about MapFlow, and I hope you are too. So please join me in this conversation with Dr. Nakla, where we'll be talking all things pharmacy and minor ailments. So thank you very much, Nardine. Welcome to this uh, conversation with me, uh, you know, where we are going to be talking about all things pharmacy. You are a star when it comes to uh, pharmacy. You have been my professor and I cannot stop, you know, just being feeling the sense of gratitude for having this opportunity to learn so much from you. And I continue to learn from you even after graduating. Uh, you, you are really an icon. And thank you so much for making this time to be here. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You are the superstar and you always have been. And I'm so happy to see you shine in this new role and, and do such amazing work. So thank you for making time for me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I think uh, this uh, chain of thank yous will continue for the time of the conversation. Um, but before I go into, uh, like, you know, before I lose myself into that, uh, I do want to uh, see if you could take, uh, take a moment to tell us about your journey, because I know your journey has been incredible in the sense you know you started off uh with you know this pharmacy degree but you have really morphed a pathway for yourself and to now you know being in this inventor and this innovator with a digital health tech product I would love to hear your journey because I think it'll be an inspiration to so many of us 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's certainly been quite the journey. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie about that. Um, I would say that I, you know, never ever intended to be in the position that I'm in right now when it comes to startups and digital mm -hmm. technology. That was not something that I had wanted for myself or, or maybe ever thought that I could do. Um, I did serve as a, an advisor to several startups and a consultant for digital health uh, companies in recent years, but never intended to dive into this world myself. However, I think because of my involvement with the minor ailment regulations here in Ontario and serving on that minor ailments advisory group by the OCP. And this is an expert group that was put together to draft the regulations to enable pharmacists prescribing here in the province. A lot of that work over two years opened my eyes into, and really made me realize the need for an Ontario-centric platform to support pharmacists when implementing all of this. And you know, having discussions with folks, having, having um, taught in this space for so long and having an appreciation for what other protocols are out there across the country, all those different things really allowed me to appreciate the differences that exist and the need for development of a, a tool or a platform to support pharmacists in Ontario specifically. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I have had the opportunity to attend one of the demo sessions for MathFlow and, uh, you know, it has, it is an incredible platform. I, I really do think you have, uh, you have basically done all the hard work for all of us so that we can go out there and be ready to prescribe. Tell us a little bit about MathFlow. Uh, you know, what's your team like? What is the vision that you had behind creating this product? Sure. So MapFlow, it's a powerful web-based clinical decision-making tool that is designed specifically, again, for the Ontario pharmacy practice environment. It is uh, cloud-based. It is PIPA compliant. Mm -hmm. It's a dynamic platform, uh, which means that you know every single question there, there's complex logic behind it, and it does something. It, it changes and customizes the care plan that results. It is accessible from any device, um, and it really hopefully allows for a very standardized approach that is quality, mm -hmm. uh, that is evidence-based, that allows for the pharmacist to really take a more com uh, comprehensive look at and a holistic approach to managing minor ailments in the community. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no problem. You asked about the team. So yes. the team, uh, well, the founders, the founders are myself, uh, Dr. Andrea Edgenton, and she is a professor and the current director of the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo. She is a pharmacokineticist uh, and researcher, and she is currently uh, MapFlow's COO. Okay. And one other person, so uh, Mikhail Sevest, and he is our CTO. He's a software engineer. He's been doing this for 20 plus years, uh, building scientific software platforms and for the pharmaceutical industry. So he is just absolutely brilliant. And then last but not least, our one and only partner and investor is the Ontario Pharmacists Association. And you know that uh, Canada's largest advocacy organization, and they've been really instrumental in supporting us and getting us to where we are today. Absolutely. And you know, what, what I really admire about this team, uh, obviously proud Waterloo alumni right here. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I really do feel like, you know, all the right stakeholders have come together to create a platform that meets the needs of what pharmacists, like as you rightly mentioned, it's a platform created by pharmacists for pharmacists. Um, and we can never go wrong with that. Uh, 
you know, because who better to understand what the pain points are, um, especially in a community pharmacy uh, than a pharmacist. Uh, so thank you so much for creating this. I'm sure it was not an easy process uh, to do that, to bring this to life. But, uh, you know, how how is a math flow like how is it different? Because, you know, there are other companies out there which are not specifically Ontario specific, but there are in within Canada. And so how does MapFlow compare to those platforms just so that our viewers and our audience can kind of understand what is different about it? Yeah, happy to answer that. But I do want to say one thing first, which is, you know, while we are the core team, mm -hmm. um, Andrea, OPA and myself, we have engaged with dozens of subject matter experts who have helped develop and review clinical content. We work with software developers and designers to optimize the system. We've had uh, pharmacists and non-pharmacist users who've really helped us ensure the software is intuitive and you know efficient and while remaining effective. So I we couldn't have done it without all those individuals as well. So definitely um, takes a village for sure. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to shout those individuals out, but your question is a very important one. And so I think there are other platforms out there. There's other tools available out there. And I think we have done a number of things to differentiate ourselves. It may take some time to go through ASCA, but I can go through um, kind of the key features. Yes, please. <laughs> Ask me, you know, any questions, if, if it's unclear, if you want me to elaborate further, mm -hmm. but first I'll say, the fact that it's portable, the fact that it's an iCloud, cloud-based platform, you could take it anywhere, it allows for that flexibility of conducting the assessment in a separate counseling room versus, you know, tying up a computer terminal in the pharmacy that you need for dispensing and for other services. So I think that offers a degree of flexibility uh, that perhaps others don't have. We are integrated with the CPS, so the eCPS, and that allows for quick and easy access to, you know, the various chapters and evidence and uh, while you're within an assessment. And so that platform is embedded right within our own. And I think that that's really helpful for assessing dermatological conditions, things like impetigo, uh, atopic dermatitis, looking at pictures always helps and the eCPS has all of that in the chapter. So that's something that I value and I think is different about us. I also think from a legal standpoint, and that's something mm -hmm. I'm very focused on, MAFLO is the only solution that I'm aware of personally mm -hmm. that is Ontario specific, meaning that it ensures all the therapeutic options embedded within our algorithms are within scope of pharmacists in Ontario. And that's really important because Ontario yes. regulations are so very different than other provinces. And so we have to prescribe within these AHFS classifications listed right. in schedule for the regulations. And that's been a whole, whole situation to, to manage right now. Yes. Uh, and because of that, you know, what we've done with MapFlow is we've embedded the AHFS classifications for each agent within our platform to take that guesswork out to ensure pharmacists feel comfortable and confident that they're prescribing within scope. Mm -hmm. That's a really big thing for us. Um, second, because in Ontario, our regulations don't insist that we have to use drugs that have an official Health Canada indication for a certain ailment, that allows us to prescribe sometimes more agents that than are available elsewhere. So, you know, other platforms exist, for example, the MedSask algorithms, which are excellent in Saskatchewan, always, always um, referred my students there. I've used them to teach and they've been great. But that may be problematic for pharmacists practicing here in Ontario. Yes. Right? Because there is, 
they are restricted to Health Canada indications for certain. Mm -hmm. So for things like cold sores, you can go with like an oral valacyclovir there. But here we could do um, famcyclovir and acyclovir orally because we're not restricted to those Health Canada indications. So again, very much customized to Ontario environment. Using that MedSask as an example, you know, dysmenorrhea, primary dysmenorrhea, they can um, prescribe NSAIDs. They can also initiate hormonal contraception in that province, which is also a first-line therapy for primary mm -hmm. dysmenorrhea. If a pharmacist in Ontario were to initiate hormonal contraception for primary dysmenorrhea, they would likely um, lose their license or they would be in some, some trouble because that is way outside of our scope. So that's where I think we're really different in that we are so Ontario centric that even the agents that are listed are only those things that follow within our scope. Mm -hmm. And we have the dosing that gets auto-populated based on the approved dosing for that ailment uh, for each of those agents. And we have these tool tips, which are different than everybody else. So yes. <laughs> I love those two features. Sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> yeah. they're helpful. They are very helpful because think about it this way. Uh, the, the community pharmacy right now that we are dealing with, they're so busy. They're busy. They have been busier than they have ever been before. And so what are like, you know, anything that can help, even if it's just, you know, having those dosing ranges provided and the frequency provided, it makes, it takes away so much time having to refer to a reference book or whatever else it is. Right. So thank you for thinking of all of that when you were designing this. <laughs> Of course. And you know what? We continue to do things to further differentiate ourselves. So for example, the EO notice from the Ministry for Minor Ailments mm -hmm. specify that there's four different billing pins that you could use per ailment, depending on whether it's a virtual visit or whether it's an in-person visit, and depending on whether you end up prescribing within Schedule 4 or not. And so we've actually just programmed that all into our system. So pins auto-generate on referral forms when appropriate. They auto-generate on prescriptions when they follow an AHFS. So mm -hmm. all of that's kind of been done again because we are so focused on facilitating this service in Ontario specifically. Um, something that I'm proud of that I think that you and I share uh, a passion in is providing holistic care. And I wanted yes. Matt Flo to do this. You know, that's how I teach. So I wanted to be able to employ that same structure and method mm -hmm. of how I teach. So employing that pharmacist patient care process on the side so that you are providing a service that is structured and it's comprehensive and it's evidence-based, but you're also looking at all the various things that could be impacting that patient outside of just treating the symptoms that are presenting. Exactly. Right. So for example, like a hemorrhoids assessment, that's mm -hmm. something that I think I've had a couple of conversations this week with individuals about this. And so MapFlow provides this holistic approach, whereas we're going to manage the current presenting signs and symptoms of hemorrhoids, mm -hmm. fine, and, and prescribe for them and rule out other conditions and all of that. But more importantly, and maybe not more importantly, just on a holistic uh, approach kind of lens, what we've done is also looked at all the risk factors that could be leading to hemorrhoid development and tailoring those within the assessment, right? Mm -hmm. Asking about things like diet, fiber, you know, constipation, straining, managing potential drug-induced constipation. All of these things are embedded within the assessment. So you're not only treating the hemorrhoids at the end of the day, mm -hmm. you are managing any potential underlying um, factors that could be contributing. You're offering 
non-drug therapies like sitz baths, you're offering non-prescription therapies like astringent wipes or something else that could be providing some symptomatic relief temporarily. And you're doing all this in one assessment, right? So it's this holistic care that I think all of our patients deserve mm -hmm. and are equipped to do, but it puts it all together on this platform. And that's something that I'm super proud of. And I think that makes it stand out from others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sorry to interject, but I, I really do feel like you are really optimizing the pharmacist in terms of the expertise we bring to the table, right? Be it prescription, but also with over-the-counter therapies as well. Like we have always done this, but now we have a formal way of documenting it and showing that this is what we are offering and this is what we are doing. So I, I really do feel like this is really a step forward in the right direction for us as a profession. <laughs> What you just said there is so key that we've been doing it and yes. like, yes, the prescribing piece is a little bit different, but really assessing these conditions, offering therapy, ruling out more serious underlying conditions, you know, referring out when that happens, red flags. We've been doing all of this. Exactly. What, but now we can do, we just have more tools in our toolbox. That's what it does. You can prescribe from a wider range of agents. The way the regs are written, you could still prescribe non-prescription drugs if it falls under AHFS. And in MapFlow, even if you can't prescribe it, it prints out on a separate prescription that is for patient uh, care and reports use only. And you can pull that OTC agent and make sure that they are getting it. But we've always done this. This just provides a streamlined fashion by which you can kind of offer this service, feel com confident and very proud of like the quality of the uh, comprehensive assessment that you've just completed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I have to say, like, you know, again, I think I'm kind of beating the bush here, but it's so well thought of as a product because uh, you have really and I'm not surprised because I remember those days when, uh, you know, you were teaching us and you were you were teaching us how to think this way. Right. Where you're take, covering all the bases and making sure that you're doing what's in the best interest of the patient and providing equipping the patient with the right information. Um, so I'm not surprised that the creation of yours is is reflecting that standard. <laughs> that so very much and I think the um that that's what this product aims to do it's to really to just offer the quality care that I know all pharmacists can and want to offer sometimes they're unable to because of you know time constraints or other things that are happening but we're trying to make this a very efficient and effective product mm -hmm. but at the same time showcase the pharmacist's knowledge and skills and be able to actually enhance access to care in the community and get patients to appreciate the value. I, I think once you've gone through this assessment with a patient, they're going to say, wow, you know, that, that was impressive. They asked me so many questions. They spent time with me. They gave me a very comprehensive care plan. And I think that that's going to keep patients coming back to the pharmacy and keep pharmacists as these trustworthy, accessible healthcare providers that can really make a difference. Mm -hmm. There is something I, I didn't mention that also differentiates, I think, and that's the platform is set up in a way where if uh, a red flag sign and symptom does present, mm -hmm. it does refer you out, it does auto-produce documentation for referral that has a rationale for referral in there and you could send it out and the pins are there. But more importantly, what it does is if you're referring because the person maybe is presenting with signs and symptoms that are more consistent with a different ailment that you can't prescribe for, mm -hmm. it'll prompt an OTC consult. And it'll print out a form for that pharmacy and say, you know, this patient presented with signs and symptoms that we thought were atopic dermatitis. However, it's actually way more consistent with scabies. Right. And so OTC consult 
generates for that pharmacy. And um, they're able to do that consultation and offer additional services in that way and then manage it via an OTC console. It also auto prompts whenever there's um, um, a flag for like a new minor ailment assessment from within one already. So you're doing allergic rhinitis, for example, you're done with that, but the patient has a lot of ocular symptoms that are bothersome. Mm -hmm. They'll prompt you to start another assessment for allergic conjunctivitis. So we've built it in a way where there's kind of this continuity of care and services are triggered based on what happens in that assessment. So smoking cessation gets triggered and it goes into a queue and we're going to build out that smoking cessation algorithm very soon. But that also excites me because it's, it shows the kind of the value here. It's not just within that one assessment. Mm -hmm. It's again, that holistic care and that being able to um, use the one assessment to do a lot of good. Yes. And really the patients taken care of on all fronts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, again, a very well thought of product. And I, I really do feel like, you know, this is just the beginning of what you have started. It, it has so much potential in terms of what it can offer to community pharmacists, especially in terms of clinical decision making, right? We we really have, a, a, we don't have that many tools to begin with. Um, but when you have a tool of this caliber uh, come in part of your toolkit, then and then really there's not much that you need to think about or worry about. Um, and it takes, saves you a lot of time that you could be using it for other clinical services. And I can only think of all the revenue that you can be generating um, through all these different avenues, right? Uh, speaking of revenue, I guess, maybe I'll ask you this question. What is the ROI of uh, signing up with MapFlow? And, and, you know, what can a pharmacist expect when they sign up with MapFlow? Yeah. Well, it's a funded assessment, right? So mm -hmm. I think the ROI is a bit more clear because yes. of that. Um, what we know is in other jurisdictions, an average consultation uh, for a minor ailment will take about 15 to 20 minutes, plus mm -hmm. another five or 10, um, up to 15 for documentation. So let's just say it's a total of 30 minutes to do all of that. The average pharmacist salary here in Ontario is about $45, $50. So spending a half an hour on this and delivering this service, you could be losing money. Yes. It, you know, actually generating revenue. Um, we have tested MapFlow for a number of months now. We have users who have done it. And the average time it takes from start to finish for a consultation, mm -hmm. including the documentation, is six to 10 minutes total. Wow. Going from 30 to six to 10. And I think as you become more proficient with the system, it's quicker. Obviously, there's your ROI in terms of direct dollars. You get uh, MapFlow is 70 cents a day per pharmacist. We do not, we have a flat fee per year. It's $300 per pharmacist or $250 for OPA pharmacists. And we don't charge uh, or, or any kind of fee per assessment um, or per service that's offered. I know some competitors have that as well. So right. it's just, it's a flat fee annually and uh, it's 70 cents an assessment. So you could do 20 virtual consults in a year and have it pay for your $300 subscription or like 15 in-person ones. Exactly. So I think, I mean, the ROI is there for that reason, but I also think, um, yeah, I, I, I just think there's other, other ways of assessing ROI that, you know, we don't have to get into now, but I think it's a funded assessment. You will absolutely um, get your money's worth if you yes. invest in it and your pharmacy, more importantly, your patients are going to be so appreciative. You're going to end up 
attracting more patients. They're going to speak about your pharmacy and the service that is is being offered there. And I think that that's going to continue to grow the business and can't, can't capture that in, in total number of dollars, right? Agreed, agreed, agreed. I mean, the convenience of the time, uh, the time we can, we can, I think you've already captured that. Like, you know, you're basically taking less than a third of the time that would traditionally take otherwise. Um, and that's if you have a proper system in place that's 30 minutes, but if you don't, then it will take longer. I've had some pharmacists, you know, who have initially implemented this minor ailments and like, you know, they were saying it takes about 45 minutes because again, the comfort and, you know, making sure that they're checking off all the boxes and everything else, like it takes time to do that. And that, you know, when you have a solution which supports you and kind of walks you through the decision making, it takes away a lot of that guesswork and which makes you a bit more confident in the decision that you would reach for your patient. Thank you so much for that. And I guess my last question around MapFlow, um, this is again, just to understand, is it a standalone program or is it going to be integrated with pharmacy workflow systems? <laughs> Yeah, that's the million dollar question these days. Uh, it's a standalone program right now. Mm -hmm. We have announced two exciting uh, integrations. So one with Box Labs, yes, cloud-based um, pharmacy management software, which is a, an amazing product. And uh, the second with MedMe scheduling platform. So both of those are underway right now. Um, we are having other discussions as well. So integration is certainly in our future. Mm. I will say uh, for myself, I'm just a very strong believer in having right now, as we are all, it's a learning curve for all of us to offer these, you know, assessments, having the ability to have a standalone product, to practice on it on the side, to again, go into a private counseling room and do this and then come back to the terminal. I think there's value there. And I think integration will be great. It will reduce the um, input of, of information system, you know, the patient data, the provider data, all of that. That's great. However, I think as it stands now, it's, it's, it's not a super onerous task to yes. put in patient info. Absolutely. The way you described it with the auto-generated reports, the PIN numbers, everything else, like, you know, you literally can't have one of your staff members assist you with the inputting of that information, scanning of those documents into the file, whatever else it would be. Um, so it's already pretty streamlined right now. Um, and I guess integration in the future will make it even more streamlined. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that about MapFlow. And I know like, um, you know, as an innovator, uh, I think you have kind of alluded to and you've kind of spoke about uh, spoke about this at, at uh, you know, few intervals as well. It, it's never easy to think of a product and then bring it to life. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you have had your own uh, hurdles and challenges that you had to overcome. Maybe this is a good time for us to talk about that a little bit and kind of see, you know, what were some of those challenges that you faced as you were designing this and 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 trying to, you know, figure out what would be the best way to deliver this uh, this product to the audience uh, that you had in mind. That's a really good question. Let me think about that. I would say the number of challenges. Do you have five hours to talk? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> Let me yeah, get a coffee. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I was lucky in that we had such a strong we still have such a strong mm -hmm. team that has very different skill sets mm -hmm. that were able to contribute to this and the design and thinking through all the logistical pieces and you know having the consultants that we work with for look at the clinical pieces. Like we just had a lot of that come together nicely. And so mm -hmm. there's always going to be challenges bringing something to life. And I think, 
one of the, the clearest challenges was the fact that the ministry released the parameters around prescribing two weeks before launch. Yes. <laughs> huge, huge problem for us because we, it was very difficult to go ahead and change a lot of things based on the guidance it released, add the pins, mm -hmm. do all things to ensure that we are delivering a product that we're proud of and that will really facilitate practice for pharmacists and not, um, and not make them wait for that. But that was also one of the reasons that we ended up pushing the launch of a couple of our conditions until later, because we really wanted to prioritize putting in the pins, put it, making sure that everything aligns from a ministry and from an OCP mm. standpoint. OCP also released a couple of algorithms very late in the game. So yes, but it was, it was challenging for sure. That was one of the most challenging things. But right now, if you were to ask me what my biggest challenge is right this second, uh -huh. I think it's definitely without a doubt, uh, managing the early success of the platform and prioritizing where we go next and mm. who help next. And so knowing that there's other markets out there, there's BC, right? Yes. There's other professions who might benefit from having assessment and prescribing algorithms for let's say Paxlovid. Absolutely. Um, right. So that, that kind of thing, that's been, that's prioritizing how we grow next and how we continue to support and improve our core market, yes. which is Ontario market uh, and the pharmacists and how we grow um, strategically and with a view of where we can make some of the biggest impacts. That's my challenge. That's where I'm, I'm working very hard with the team to try to understand what makes sense for next steps. That's amazing. I, I, in a way, it's a good problem to have, I guess. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm not surprised to see this early success with MapFlow. And, and again, this is because I truly believe the product you've designed is is so user-friendly. Um, and the reason why I say this is because, um, you know, I have I read this uh, at Harvard Business Review, uh, published a study last year where they were looking at all the different um, digital health tech tools that were available for providers, healthcare providers, prescribers in general. And they actually rated those tools a grade F, meaning fail. Uh, we were worse than any other health, uh, like digital tools out there. And that was because of the usability of those tools. Like they were not cognitively informed. Uh, you know, like for example, you are a pharmacist, so you exactly know what a pharmacist would be thinking as they're clicking through those boxes. Um, so I really do think that uh, this is a change in the right direction. The needle's pointing in the right direction. And, and you know, I look forward to seeing what you what you create out of this in the, in the future. And hopefully you'll come back and, and we'll, we'll be able to have another conversation about that. <laughs> well, I hope that there's some meaningful changes that we can kind of help navigate, you know, to, in today's pharmacy practice environment. And I think what you said, right, it, having solutions there that can really help the strain that's been put on pharmacy teams to do more with less and having that insider knowledge of what is needed um, that, that's always going to be important for making sure a tool is practical and effective. It's not always about efficiency. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be the most efficient tool out there. I want to be the tool that that uses efficiency as one indicator of success, but also uses other things, right? The mm -hmm. outcomes of care of the patients. That's why we harp so much on the follow-up with this tool. We have a whole follow-up um, with a number of questions and a follow-up scheduler and all of this that's there because we need to measure the impact we're having in order to say this tool is or isn't successful. MapFlow could be the worst tool ever if all the patients are coming back and they're saying, I have no symptom improvement. And in fact, I have worsening symptoms, then something's wrong, right? But right. being able to 
build a platform with the end focus in mind and being able to query uh, appropriately as you're building, that's been something that I think is a strength of our platform. And we hope we can use that kind of data and leverage it yes. to further advance the scope of practice for pharmacists and to be able to just you know, when people question whether or not pharmacists can do this or whether it is evidence-based, we can, we have the data to support it. Absolutely. And, and I was going in that direction too, because I was like, you know, there's, this opens up so many avenues for us to kind of say, Hey, listen, this is what we now formally bring to the table until this time. It was all informal, undocumented, but now we have proof to show that this is the amount of time we're spending. This is what we're offering. And best of all, this are the outcomes we're achieving because I think right now that's something we're not able to track so well in community pharmacy, especially is, you know, how well our patients are doing after the in interventions we provide, unless it's in a study in a controlled setting. So thank you for thinking that far ahead and, and creating this. And I really do like, you know, I, I feel like this is just the beginning of, uh, of us realizing as a, as a community, as, as a country to like, you know, kind of see and have a tangible value to what our profession brings. Uh, because until now it has all been, yes, we are accessible. Yes, we are reliable, but we did not necessarily have anything to kind of associate with that. So I, I really, and you know, I think this also will help hopefully alleviate a lot of doubts that other healthcare providers may have about our scope of practice, right? Because it, and, and I can I understand like the turf wars are there, but that that's, those are for valid reasons. It would, I think we would feel the same way if uh, somebody else was coming into the dispensary, um, you know, the scope of practice, then we would feel the same way. But I feel like when you have numbers to show what you're able to provide and how you can collaborate, uh, that then creates that trust and builds on that trust and hope, uh, and, you know, we can all move together to uplift the health system because that's what we truly need. Our system is crumbling down and we need to make sure that we're able to support our patients in the best way possible. So thank you for thinking about that. <laughs> thank you for highlighting this and for just being such a strong advocate of the profession. I will tell you, I know there's a lot of turf war, yes. sessions taking place, Twitter battles, all of that. And um, I had a very interesting conversation with a physician the other day. And this physician was just talking to me about pharmacist prescribing. And she said, you know what? Um, I got a I got a form the other day from a pharmacy and the form just let me know that one of my patients was assessed in the pharmacy and was prescribed a medication and um the form was very impressive it had a very sound rationale for prescribing it provided all the details that I would have you know wanted to know about that encounter about what the pharmacist did and did not do um and and I said oh really do you do, do you mind, you know, telling me, did it have a name on the top or is there anything? I just interested. I'm wondering if perhaps it's a map form right. and it was, and I think, you know, that for all the negativity that keeps coming our way and for all the, you know, Twitter wars that get, people keep bringing me into, that was a moment where I was like, oh yes, one win, right? Like we yes. have one chance to do this right. And one physician just said, she was impressed by this form, didn't even know that I was part of the MAPCO team, had no, no idea, and was just like, oh, you know what? I was worried and I was skeptical, but then I received this and I saw how much thought has gone into the assessment and what has been ruled out and what's been ruled in. And they communicated the results of the assessment within 24 hours. And I would have never received that if my patient had been seen by an urgent care center or you know, in the emergency department, whatever it may be. And I was just like, this is worth it. You know, yes. we can just change opinions 
slowly and have people realize that we are doing this, um, you know, for the right reasons and that we are providing quality care. I think that we'll have more clinicians on our side and, and advocating for our expansion and scope even further. Absolutely agreed, agreed, agreed. And what a great win, right? Um, it, like it's 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 those little conversations that then turn into loud noise. Uh, and that's what I'm hoping is for us to, you know, prove not not that we have to prove to anyone, but to kind of show that, you know, yes, we are here to collaborate and we are here in our patient's best interest is not just business. It's it's we are here to help our patients um, who are can be our neighbors or whatever else they could be. But that's what we are here to do is support the healthcare system. So, wow. What a note. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I'm like this this is the this is the type of information that does not go on Twitter. Uh, but hey, we'll have this highlighted here in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess I'm gonna switch gears a little bit because I do want to tap into your expertise. You have I I like for the longest of times I've remembered you have always been an advocate, a strong advocate for a profession, especially when it comes to minor ailments, um, you know, over-the-counter therapies, etc. Um, what are some things, I guess some tips or advice that you have for pharmacists as they embrace uh, this prescribing scope of practice and and you know what do they, what are some things that uh, they can do to feel comfortable with the scope of practice in case they're they're kind of on the you know on the borderline of you know should I do it should I not do it do I feel comfortable with it do I not feel comfortable with it yeah that's a really good really really good question <laughs> um, my first piece of advice and I, I've shared this so much in the past week and a half, I can't believe it's only been it's less than two weeks since this was enacted, um, has been start slow yes. and build up slow and steady, right? Slow and steady wins the race. Don't try to offer everything all at once from, you know, January, start yeah. with some ailments that you feel really confident in and that you, uh, you know, have been assessing for a long time and that you just feel that you can deliver quality care. Mm -hmm. um, start with those, get the process establish, become more comfortable, add more conditions and services as you move along. Don't take on too much too soon. Right. Can happen, right. So, and, and I just think it's overwhelming and I think this is now our scope. So you won't lose the ability to do this hopefully, um, but start slow and go steady and get your whole team involved. That's, it cannot be one pharmacist in a store that is implementing and doing all the work. Get right your team on board, have somebody who's responsible for identifying folks who are in the OTC aisles, roaming, overwhelmed by the all the options that are available and have people who are able to go meet the patients where they're at and say, hey, are you, you're looking for something for um, acid reflux? Do you want to spend some time with our pharmacist and talk about you know, your condition, your symptoms? Perhaps there's an opportunity for the pharmacist to prescribe something. Have that dialogue, have people trained in what to say uh, I think that's critical, absolutely yes. critical. You know, MapFlow does something a little bit different where within the platform, I talked about the patient, uh, the pharmacist patient care process. It's five steps. The first step is always collecting patient information. That collect piece could be delegated. So you could have somebody who always goes in with a patient, collects that info before the pharmacist comes in to assess the gathered info. So I think finding... Um, ways of making the implementation smoother mm -hmm. is going to be important and maybe identifying folks who are going to do follow-up and who's yeah. going to, you know, just having a team-based approach is going to be so important so that everybody is identifying eligible patients. Everybody is providing and knows exactly what their role is in mm. this program. 
and empower them to do it, right? Incentivize them. Yes. Make it make it worth everyone's time and and just take it slow. Don't don't expect too much. Comfort is gonna come with time. And I think, you know, if we could do meds checks and and all these things that for me have always been this overwhelming experience coming, you know, into Canada from the US. And I will never forget 15 years ago and them saying to me, we have this program called a meds check in Ontario, and you review everything about a patient's profile and all their medications and you identify drug therapy problems. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> this, is, this is wild. Like this is so much work and, and feeling so overwhelmed by that. And for years, it intimidated me, it intimidated me so much. And it took so much time to develop proficiency and feel comfortable saying, oh, I could do a meds check. Mm -hmm. It me a lot of time. And I think this is an, an example of something that um, will take some time. And I think we'll have to find the sweet spot and find ways of making it efficient and effective and resources to support the pharmacist in delivering it. But just like with the meds check, it's going to become um, hopefully intuitive and hopefully become easier with time the more times you deliver it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I so agree with you. Like, you know, being comfortable with the areas, uh, the minor ailments and, and the therapeutic areas and making sure taking your time so important because I feel I feel like there was a lot of unintended pressure that was created amongst pharmacists where they felt like they had to offer the service and and you know it was not the case right it, it is a scope of practice and we choose to decide whether we want to be part of it or not and and then if you do choose to I, I agree with like your advice is incredible like you know take it slow I, I like that like phase it out you don't have to go all in all at the same time let's right. take it one breath at a time and then walk you know one foot at a time and then hopefully once your staff and everybody there's a process in place like you mentioned yeah. you can all then create a, a, a service that everyone wants to then have take part in that's right but you said something there that just triggered a thought which is you know before you decide which elements you're going to take on which ones you're going to hold off on and and all of that mm -hmm. know exactly what those 13 elements are by yes. heart and know what's not within scope. And it sounds so easy and obvious, but let me tell you, Aska, the questions I've been getting lately, it's not very intuitive. So people are asking, okay, well, I know I can prescribe for conjunctivitis. Does that mean I could also prescribe for eyelid conditions? Ooh. Right. What the difference is between the conjunctiva and, you know, blocked ducts yes. and, and no, you, that is, that is not within your scope. Any eyelid conditions, blepharitis, styes, that's not within scope. Same with uh, musculoskeletal conditions. People are interpreting that to mean osteoarthritis, all sorts of MSK concerns that is not within scope. Only sprains and strains are within scope. So mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, before even starting slow is understand what your scope is, what ailments are within scope, and then what drugs fall within that scope. Because you know, not everyone uses MatFlow and that's fine. And whatever you use, I just urge you to ensure, especially if it's a national platform or not specific for Ontario, that you are clear on what is and is not considered within scope in Ontario so that you're um, practicing, you know, obviously safely uh, in this province. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for bringing that, um, that example to, to life, because I, I think that also kind of is, you know, leads me to my next question is around ethical dilemmas. And I feel like obviously scope of practice is one of those dilemmas, right? Where you're trying to decipher whether this fits in or does this not fit in? So any tips or advice in terms of how to manage that? <laughs> 
Um, I will say there's there there are ethical dilemmas that are going to present. There's a lot of gray here. Mm. I always think of Marshall Molesky's talk about navigating the gray, and I think yes. I wish he he was around now to, to to give us another talk and inspire us and in how to navigate the gray that's presenting here with minor ailment services. I think there's a lot. One of the things that I keep hearing, a little bit of an ethical dilemma, is folks don't know they can't delineate between when to renew a prescription for a therapy and an ailment that falls within our scope and when to start a new assessment and how to bill for these things. Mm. So that's something I think we need to be very clear and consistent on as a profession. You know, if you're just renewing and you're not going through the entire process and asking all those questions, that's a renewal. That is not minor ailment prescribing. Even though you're assuming the role of a prescriber and adding um, refills on that renewal, that is part of a different our scope when it comes to renewing and adapting very different than in going through and assessing for a minor minor ailment in its entirety and then determining what therapy uh, to give next there's nothing wrong with doing a minor ailment assessment and ending up with the same therapy that they've had before that's okay mm -hmm. but renewals versus an assessment very very different um other things that i've been asked are whether if OCP says I should be referring in certain cases and I don't, and I know that the patient doesn't have a primary care provider, they're not going to get care. Can I prescribe one time mm. and then or afterwards? And that's great, right? Yeah. You, you can do what's in the best interest of the patient. If you document it appropriately, mm. that's kind of the advice that scares some people, but for others, they're, they're used to doing this all the time and navigating yes. the brain, being able to do these things. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to take some time to, mm -hmm. to navigate the space and there's going to be ethical dilemmas that present absolutely but there's ways of also meeting those uh challenges and addressing those challenges yes. so you know a big one is there's systems that produce a prescription for an assessment and then it automatically goes in the queue of that pharmacy to process and dispense and that goes against all OCP regulations where you are to hand the patient the prescription and give them the opportunity to go to any pharmacy of their choosing. Right. If you're automatically putting it in queue, that's bypassing that essential step. And that, that step is really important for conflict of interest purposes, you know, mm -hmm. we're meeting all of the standards of practice. So yeah, lots of ethical dilemmas in this space as well. I agree. I agree. So I think going back to, you know, your wise words that you had mentioned earlier, which is know your regulations, know your scope of practice um, and, you know, know where your limits are. I think uh, being comfortable with what you're comfortable navigating and what you're not, then making sure you seek the right guidance. Um, and speaking of guidance, just as we wrap up this conversation, any resources you wish to highlight for somebody who wishes to get into minor ailment prescribing and, and you're just being comfortable with this whole scope of practice of prescribing, any resources you wish to highlight? Well, um, this is biased, obviously. But <laughs> I think that you know, we have a course by the OPA and the University of Waterloo, the fundamentals of minor ailment prescribing. We cover all the 13 ailments in depth. And so that's a very comprehensive resource that can help with building some of that foundational knowledge and updating clinical knowledge. Mm -hmm. So updated guidelines are found there. Um, so that's important. I think the ECPS, their chapters have been updated and are currently being updated to reflect eligible products. So that's another resource that can be used. Um, 
I really like the Canadian Healthcare Network's webpage on all the clinical practice guidelines sorted by disease state. So you can get the most recent clinical practice guidelines for those ailments just by going to their site. And I have that bookmarked. So those are all really good resources. There's up to date. There's a lot of wonderful resources that I think it's just finding the one that, um, that makes the most sense for you. If you want something that's super comprehensive and detailed and goes into pathophysiology, that would definitely be our OPA Waterloo course. If you want something that's just high level or that just covers what drugs uh, can be prescribed, CPS does that very effectively. Mm, got it. Thank you very much. And uh, you know, we'll be sure to make sure that we link those episodes in the description box of this video so that if anyone wants to look at them, they can go to those links. But Nardine, thank you so much uh, for making this time. Uh, I know I've been catching you like at a busy time, but at the same time, I know you're busy with math flow and a lot of other things. Um, but I really do appreciate you taking this time to have this conversation. And, and truly, like you have shared such great insights, which I'm sure as we are navigating this new scope of practice as pharmacists, will really benefit from I know I certainly learned a few things that I need to kind of make sure that I'm, you know, thinking of as I engage in this practice. So I really do appreciate you taking this time. And thank you for creating math flow. Um, I think uh, before I let you go, just a quick uh, note in terms of any if anyone wants to learn more about MapFlow and wants to wishes to have a demo, who, where do they go and who do they contact? Go to mapflow.ca and go to contact us and just put that info in there and it'll come to our team and we will triage accordingly. Awesome. Thanks so much. So you heard it. Uh, you know, Make sure you check out the product. <laughs> you're wonderful and continue doing what you're doing because you're a superstar. I appreciate Thank you. you. Oh my gosh, it means a lot coming from you. So thank you. I don't know if I've done enough to deserve those uh, words of appreciation, but uh, truly with this was a great conversation. I had so much fun listening to you speak, uh, learned so much from you. Uh, and as always, always a pleasure. Uh, and I really look forward to seeing the success that flow is going to have um, as you grow, as you continue to grow. So thank you again. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. And with that, we'll wrap up this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, stay tuned for our next conversation next week. Until then, check out the links in the description box below and be sure to leave a comment if you have a question. All right, with that, bye-bye.